Hi, bonjour. I'm Gina Suru, and you're listening to the Paris International Film Festival podcast. In each episode, I dive into film distribution or filmmaker strategy or a challenge who's used a disruptive way to get meaningful films out there in these transition times. Whether you're a filmmaker excited to embrace on your normal or simply interested in hearing some filmmaking and distribution tips, this is for you. Bonjour et bienvenue au Paris International Film Festival. Welcome to the Paris International Film Festival. Today we are having a very beautiful conversation because this is about the big winner, if we can call it so, of the Paris International Film Festival in 2021, Hub, in English, Crim, directed by Nora Lacoche. Bonjour, Nora. And Bonjour. written <laughs> by Regina Fekete. And Nora is also a co-writer. And in the room today, we have a very, very, very special guest. We are so thankful for his time, not only because he's such a talented writer, Because come on, we've all watched, uh, as they say in France, uh, Nuit Sans Sommeil à Seattle. It's so funny to hear, I think, the, the, the foreign titles. <laughs> so in English, Sleepless in Seattle, uh, the Nora France movie with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, Bill Pullman, so many talented, um, uh, really, in this cast and crew. Um, but also a, a big lover of, of Paris and France, right, Jeff? Are you looking forward oh, yeah. to being back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We talked about um, baguette sandwiches and, <laughs> and uh, did I tell you this? The first time I arrived in Paris, uh, I, I came in on the Eurostar from London and I get to Garnoir and there are these cases of these beautiful sandwiches lined up one by one. I was sold. I, I couldn't believe it. I love those things. So, and you guys named streets after writers there. So Paris understands and appreciate the written word. And, and I gotta love a city that does that. So yeah, I'd love to, I can't wait to get back. My son was there for two years and I visited him a couple of times and, and you know, um, he's a filmmaker now too. So Paris was, has been good to this family. <laughs> it's so funny that actually you mentioned sandwiches. <laughs> Yes, it does. About Sorry. Yeah. It's just so funny that the first association is sandwiches, neatly cut sandwiches. But I can't, I totally hear you. I spent, I, was, I spent a month in Paris. And honestly, that was a really significant moment every day when I passed all these, you know, cafes with all the beautifully uh, displayed sandwiches. So I hear you. I Sorry. know, I know. Just Now funny. we have to go. So I have to have them. And you, it can't be done here. It just, It can't be done here. It, they can make it look like it, but it can't be done here. And I'm sure everybody who's watching from the Paris Film Festival wants to know about baguette sandwiches. But yes, you know, <laughs> it could be a really beautiful uh, conversation. However, there is there are some some kind of um, before three. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, did, I, did I talk over you? Sorry about that. I just no, wanted I just, to say uh, that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I just wanted to say that. Uh, one... for France, so, so you can just keep carry on. <laughs> you, you'll tell it better. <laughs> okay. No, actually, I best friend uh, was born there, and. Uh, uh, 
one month before we shot cream i visited paris with my mother and my daughter and we passed through the pastry shops there and i checked all the pastry shops and all the design and tried to bring something into the film and actually i found some really really nice pastries that are kind of appearing in the hotel you know when you say that <laughs> um this all out of order and everything that French films, because I think what you did with the music in this movie, uh, it had that French film kind of music sound, you know, um, a lot of the lighter stuff, you know, just guitar and, and um, just those, you know, bucolic moments. And, and I, I loved it. So that makes a lot of sense. I did want to give you a lot of, uh, a lot of credit and praise for that music because romantic comedy music is a really hard it's easy to throw tom cruise out of a 20-story window mm -hmm. but romantic comedies are really hard and you you did it and I, I can't believe it's your first movie i mean your first feature your first feature length and um it just had that first of all i'll make an admission there are so many American movies where somebody has to pretend to have a family or pretend to have a boyfriend or pretend so that they can get something that initially I just kind of resist that, you know, I just, all right, here's another movie about somebody who's got to pretend something. But then when you let go of that, you did such a good job. You did such a good job. I don't know if you were trying to make an American romantic comedy, but, or you were making your own, but it just felt, it felt so refreshing uh, because of um, the typical things you didn't do, you know, and you, you just, you kept it fresh. We know, well, again, if it was Hollywood, we would absolutely know it's gonna be a happy ending. And, and the funny thing is, you, we were talking before you started recording that you got a little pressure to do that from the film commission and and, um, and you and you accepted that and you did it. And I think that even if it had been a really angry argument that you lost, I think that five years from now, you'd really be happy that you did that because it's love. Nobody, we want love to work out. And it's a whole different movie if you take us through that whole journey and love doesn't work out. You know, you, you had the option of not having her be with him. It's just, she's, I love it that she's with Eric at the end. I just love like, okay, how are you gonna solve the problem? This is a whole story about a woman who goes through these incredible, you know, lengths, um, trials to keep a store that she loses. And then to be okay with losing it, that's the journey. And that's really hard to do. And uh, I, so, you know, the idea for it now, Fru, you wrote it. Guilty. Yeah. Uh, that, that was me. Uh, yeah. Just talking about the, uh, the ending and why we actually, we were sold on this ending is that uh, originally the movie, um, the or original movie, the main character didn't have a pastry shop. She was working uh, as a copywriter at an advertising company and uh, she had to keep her job. So basically she lied about family and eventually she didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't end up with anyone, but she 
kind of resigned and she started her own pastry shop. And uh, when the film fund selected the movie, and this is when this recommendation happened, I was like, okay, fine. But in this case, it cannot be completely pink. You know, it's, it's not okay that, yeah, and she starts her pastry shop and yeah, and she starts a fantastic relationship. So that's when I, I started thinking that, okay, so why don't we just start this new version where the first version ended? You know, and that's 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 how I I, I realized that yeah, it's 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 it really should be about letting things go and and learning how to lose with your head high, you know. Well, and also the way to lose with your head high is to redefine what what winning is. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because when we start out, what we think is going to be a victory, we change in the process, and and uh, so. <laughs> Um, you redefine what winning is so that you can fit that definition. And it's not, it's not, you know, fooling yourself or denial. She's a much better, much stronger person at the end than she is in the beginning. And what everything is about, no matter what the movie is, what everything is about is growth. So this wasn't about her lying and doing all this and saving her store. This is about her growing to the point where she can handle whatever comes. And, um, I, I just can't, I'm so impressed. I love that, I love the script. And you had, you did so many inventive things. You did, you, you know, the kid, this Eric kid, he was, he, he was great. He was a real, um, <clears throat> I think that was the big surprise, you know, that just, he kept coming through with these talents that we, we didn't know and, and that he was the most adult of everybody there. Exactly. He yeah, was the most that's... realistic, even though he, he kept lying about crazy stuff like Kosovo and stuff like that. But he was the most realistic and, and the wisest. And this kind of twisted, uh, you know, nature to, to the characters is what yeah, I really love. That's it. That's, that's... That, that we have the, the, the guy, you know, who has a lot of girlfriends and already turned 40, possibly, uh, and still cannot, you know, can, has issues with commitment and there's this girl surrounded with so many illusions and 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 eventually there is this guy who just turned 11 and he's he's the grown-up in this real in this whole family he, he really is and i was telling jenna that Very um, funny. and a lot of times you know it happens in real life that is the yeah kids. it's like adults are childish and uh, child is uh, <laughs> more adult than he yeah. should be and i think that's one of the main arc they have to go through uh, till the end of their journey and mm -hmm. yeah also i think that with the music with the costumes uh, uh, with the production uh, design around them uh, it's everything was uh, served uh, the story that at the beginning we have these romantic ideas that probably we have from other romantic comedies and uh, romantic movies and, and love songs that suggest some kind of uh, fake picture on love and relationships. And, uh, and she just has to uh, left behind all these uh, romantic ideas and find some kind of realistic and uh, not too romantic, but true things uh, in her life. And I think that that was the thing. And for the music, for example, it was the same that at the beginning, we, ha we have many uh, feedbacks that it's like Amelie's music or something with yeah. this piano. And also she had a piano and a cello, and these are really romantic uh, instruments. 
And then at the end, we have this uh, beautiful uh, music from the Swedish uh, singer, Lisa Ekdal, uh, yeah. which is a jazz, uh, but a contemporary jazz music. And it's really like an everyday, uh, still has this elegant feeling of it, but, but it's more realistic and more down to earth. You know, I don't think a lot of people know that, that, um, that the music, the music is also a character and how the music grows dramatically, you know, to, to fit what's happening that I don't think people, I think most, you know, normal people think, okay, they picked a song for that, but that there's, they don't think there's a whole grand plan, you know, like cinematography, we're going to go from dark to light or, or we're going to go from static to motion or motion to static, whatever. Um, but I don't think anybody sees that nobody thinks of these meetings that you all have in the beginning. Okay, now the art design and the music, we want the music to go from all this romantic stuff to just down to much more simple, because really that's what her head is. Her head is filled with all this romantic garbage, you know, and then it comes out to simple. Yeah. And, but here's the thing, we're the ones that create that romantic garbage, you know. Yes, but, but you have to believe, you know, you, ha you have to believe. And, and I, I really think that had you gone with, um, you know, maybe a, a downbeat or just a, a, a neutral ending that you'd have been really sorry in the end. So yeah, yeah but the script, I'm just, uh, I'm be a bit, but, uh, but the script at the beginning was very different, as, as Prujina has already mentioned. And then when we had this feedback that maybe we, we were thinking that maybe we shouldn't have this uh, happy, happy ending, bang, bang, Hollywood uh, kind of thing, uh, but rather an open ending. Uh, and then uh, once we developed the story and then we changed many other elements of it and uh, from that point on it was quite obvious that at the end we really need uh, because it's impossible uh, to leave the audience with the fact that our protagonist lose, loses everything so it's not possible <laughs> we have to give hope for the people and the audience and also I think that that kind of playfulness and uh, uh, and, and romantic ideas in a, uh, in a realistic way, which, which is good for us or good for the person and, uh, and not fake, it's okay. Or even we really need that. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and, and, and the thing, the journey is that, and, and through you, you did this, is that by going after what you want, you reveal who you are. And journey for no is on her own as a person without having something, you know, when it's 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 the whole Eastern philosophy thing. When you can let go of something and not want it, that's when it comes. Yeah. So, Story of uh, my life. <laughs> well <laughs> listen, many other people life as well. Are, it's good. Yeah. Going back, sorry, just one idea about the ending. Um that uh, even though I think it would have been very rebellious, you know, that we don't care what the film fund says, we're going to keep it. Of course, I'm absolutely happy that we didn't keep that ending. And it made me wonder uh, if, if there are any kind of movies that work this way. And I, the only thing I, I could come up with was uh, My Best Friend's Wedding with Julia Roberts. 
you you probably but and it is works because uh it's not it's more a comedy than a romantic comedy and that's why the audience doesn't leave you know with this so they are they they get the satisfaction out of right. it at the end of the movie and and we as we started you know to dig deeper and i started to um to to build you know the relationship in the movie it was quite clear that oh we just cannot let them down you know we just can't do this and and, well, and this is so you had the, the the cool thing is you have the whole movie to let them down you know everything <laughs> that you wanted to say about the ending you could have put earlier that, that that emotion that beat you know you could have put that earlier and then then you resolve it but um so in your process did you two work together create a script or did you write did you know each other ahead of this uh, no, oh, we didn't. Didn't. <laughs> no, there was no, a, we didn't. Sorry. How did you find the script then, Nora? Um, how did it come to you? There was a producer who I worked with uh, before on my short films, and, uh, and he called me that there is a, a, a first draft of a romantic comedy that Frugina uh, Fekete, who I never heard about before. <laughs> Unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> And, and first, that's not going to last any longer. You are now going to be heard yeah, of. So. <laughs> so, amen. Can I get an And he told me that uh, I, uh, that now she's in Malaysia. And I, I told that me, I, first, I told that she's not Hungarian, but some Malaysian girl, or that was, I was a bit confused by the whole thing. And anyway, I received the script, and then we had a Skype meeting. So we discussed uh, 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 the script. And then decided we had this conversation. I remember that we were thinking rather we should uh, send a, a treatment in or, or, or the first draft that finally we made the decision to send the first draft. And then uh, we got uh, support and then we started to develop together. And then there was one certain point when, when another script doctor or dramaturg or co-writer uh, also uh, came on board and then we Skyped three of us like monthly and uh, that's how the yeah. process. Uh, and Fru, well, uh, yeah. how did you feel, how did you feel about this dramaturg, this other writer coming in? <laughs> I don't know why you're asking this. Uh, uh, no, 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 well, um, Okay, so just just a little additional story to this, how it all started. There was uh, a competition back in Hungary. I was already living in Kuala Lumpur, and it was a script competition. And I was like, let's give it a try. It was not an original idea, because as you said, it's something that you have seen so many times. But I had tried writing before, and I was like, I know if I don't push myself, you know, I would just lose interest. And that's why I kind of... Uh, forced myself, you know, that's why I, 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 I sent uh, my application and, and here we go. Uh, and, um, and then the, the script won the, the competition. This is where um, Peter Rey, our producer, this is where I met him. And uh, for a year and a year and a half, um, we had we were planning to to send it to the film fund and then he told me but actually it's easier if if there's also a director uh who who would join us and and then he 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 kind of made a list and then we told with with, with a few of them and eventually i i kind of felt that we have we had the chemistry and we have a chemistry with nori and that's how it all started and yeah of course uh we didn't see you know eye to eye in everything and uh we were not always on the same page but it's a learning curve, you know. So um, 
it's it's certainly a teamwork. It's this is how filmmaking. Well, I just I had this conversation with a writer just yesterday, and I think all writers need to need to you know know this, and that is when you're getting feedback or when you're getting other opinions, uh, especially especially when they're coming with somebody who has the ability to take you forward or keep you back, you know, studio or a um, no matter what you hear, the best thing you can do as a writer is just say, what if they're right? If they're right, how would I do it? You know, just assuming that they're right, how would I do this? So even though, you know, they're so wrong, <laughs> they're wrong. But if it's because when you hear something, you hear a suggestion and you know, it's wrong, you go into this, you, we go into this defensive mode and our heads are like, you know, we're mad. What are they going to say? And they're full of crap. And I, but if you open up and say, what if there's an angel that just came down, spoke through this person? And that's the idea that I really need to hear. And you say, how would I work it out? Then you grow as a writer because mm -hmm. it maybe you can, then you can say, here's how that would work. I've done this a million times because people have suggestions, you know, and, and they have a checkbook and, and, but you know, you have your integrity and, you know, you know, the whole story, but they want to mess around with one part of it. And I'll just go, okay, what if they're right? And then when I think it through, I'll say, well, here's how that would work. And then I have this other line I'll offer you if you want to use it later on in your future. And then I'll say, here's what that will cost you. You know, not, not in terms of money, but if you do that, then these other five, six, seven things are not going to happen if you like any of those. So here's what it's going to take to make that happen. This, this, this. And when you get, it's like, a, you know, when you're flying, if you get one degree off, you're not going to get <laughs> where you thought you were going. So, and they're almost always wrong, you know, because but not maliciously wrong they're just they don't see the whole thing you've been there the whole time but i had a if when if you just say you know what if they're right you grow as a writer and also just energetically without any word being spoken to the person who's giving you this terrible idea whatever it is you know medium or or just a good idea that isn't as it won't get you what you want and that's another thing I, i'll do when they give suggestions i'll say what is it you're going after? Because they're not writers. And it's just like, I want you to tell me the problem. Don't tell me the solution. Tell me the problem and let's work on the solution. And then they'll say, well, I don't understand why, you know, why they, they didn't know that, of course, we're going to be filmed if we, kiss, you know, um, like that scene you have where they kiss and they get filmed. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to be able to say, well, this and this and this and this. So the resourcefulness of the writer isn't just at the page. It's when you're at these meetings and Absolutely. people have ideas. And then you've seen, I know you've seen, people get in love with their ideas and they get in love with the sound. They think, oh, I'm really collaborating on a movie now. <laughs> you know, um, they wouldn't sit in the same conversation about cinematography, but everybody wants to be a writer. But the best thing you can do just the energy of being open and cooperative, even if you know this is ridiculous, but you just play with it. So um, I'm, it seems it's like you got through that. 
Yeah, it certainly opens, uh, as you said, it's really good to be open and because it opens gates in your mind as well. That uh, And maybe, maybe this is kind of, uh, it seems like a dead end, that suggestion or recommendation. Then you realize, oh, okay, actually it can work if we twist here, twist there, and then we are all happy. And and, and actually the script develops. So, so I totally see your point. Yeah, um, they, they even though sometimes... You really need to stick to your to your own ideas, but most of the cases it's a teamwork again. So you 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 have to you have well, to. and then you have to know you have to know as the writer what is the thing. First of all, what is the most important thing? You know that you always have to know the thing that no matter what. That now you're talking about a different movie. You know it's it's like can we all collaborate on making this movie as good as it can be? I had this with a book um, it's coming out in May, but it was the same. I would go to publishers and editors and they, and they, they give suggestions. And then after five or 10 minutes, I'd realized they're talking about a different book. Mm -hmm. You know, they want me to turn this into something that's easier for them to sell. When, if you help me turn it into the best book it can be and you sell it, it'll sell, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, so the motive of the person, you have to know all these things. And, and people think that all writers have to know is how to write. But I'm a, imagining you're sort of an introverted person, keep to yourself. And then, you know, we're in our heads all the time. And then yeah, so uh, you know, the being a writer away from the desk and being the writer in offices and meetings and Zoom calls is a whole different um, thing because the energy of this person is cooperative. This person is open. This person is playful. This person is resourcefulness. That's way better than when they sit there and go, that's not my vision, you know? <laughs> and people work with people they like or people that they feel good around. So there's a, there's a whole art to that. And it seems like you're doing very well at it. And how many, is this your first feature script? Yep. So a first feature script and a first feature director made yeah. this movie. <clears throat> oh my God. And, and, and women, <laughs> women power. <laughs> oh yeah, girl power. Of course. <laughs> Let's forget really? that. Yeah. Actually, even the good... actually all the five awards that we have received went for okay, the special jury mentioned went for the whole crew, <laughs> I would say, but uh, except that. Uh, Best writer, best direction, uh, best production design, best casting director. We were all women, so I'm really proud of my crew as well. <laughs> it was just amazing. But getting back to this, actually, it's not only the script where, of course, uh, uh, we have comments sometimes and we have to deal with it. But also, uh, you uh, asked me if we would like or if I wanted to make a Hollywood kind of film or a kind of European way. And for us, because it is strange because in Europe, for example, uh, the French comedies are famous. And once you hear that it's French comedy, you have a vision that what you're gonna get. Also, it's the same with the Czech uh, comedies that it has a really long tradition. And also we know that kind of a bit absurd, very uh, Eastern European uh, atmosphere and environment and everything. But uh, the Hungarian comedies uh, was really famous uh, before the systematic changes. But since that, for the last 20 years, somehow 
lost its characteristics. And uh, we didn't have that kind of things that, okay, we have a very typical Hungarian comedy or romantic comedy that we are going to do. We have a few uh, attempts that were really successful that went rather um, kind of copying the Hollywood style. And uh, it became really popular and worked very well. But uh, for me, it wasn't what I want at all. I, I thought that I'd like to find some kind of own uh, style that I, uh, I create. And also because that we were talking about also that uh, this fake family or pretending uh, a husband and a kid is something that we've seen so many times. And uh, for me, that was the most challenging part of it that, okay, how can we make something that is fresh, something that is new, something that is a, a new perspective. And um, because of that, I decided to elevate it, the whole story. And uh, with the acting, uh, with, with the music, with everything, uh, just uh, making a kind of contemporary romantic fairy tale Mm-hmm. That is uh, that is not so typical, and I think that uh, th- that made the whole film more unique. Uh, or and we had really w- the first time because once we f- finished the film and we have the first cut, so we uh, have to sh- uh, show it to the film fund, and there is the committee and they are watching it. Okay, they were like watching like that, laughing maybe twice, and. <laughs> terrible isn't it it <laughs> is really a really and of course we didn't have the final uh, version of it and it wasn't perfect at all there were many many mistakes in it but still and it was a bit too long and all that but still uh they were like okay uh they were really what well, maybe there were five people there and three liked it let's say that okay that's really good and two but one of the two was the head of the film institute to say that okay I imagined a completely different film when I <laughs> read the script. One second. You and Fru, were you there when that happened? Uh, no. <laughs> so Nora, in that I, I moment- actually, I didn't, I didn't know about, I, I was not, um, so it was probably just a communicational thing. I, I was not informed about that date. So I just learned it after, afterwards, but it so, was fine. So, okay. so Nora, when you had that moment, and the head person says to you, that's not what I thought was gonna happen at all. What were you going through in that moment? I, okay, my answer was because uh, she had uh, a flu that time, so she was caught. And I, I t- told her that maybe uh, it's because uh, you don't feel well and this, <laughs> <laughs> this film should be You're watched. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise uh what i really have to add that uh the woman also added that uh she doesn't like it at all but uh she doesn't have to like it uh let's see what the audience will say because we had to make a test as well uh, with the audience and mm-hmm. that went extremely well like 95 uh, percent of the test audience said that liked the film and would recommend uh, their friends and that really saved us so how many that, times did you how many times did you have it was into the one test or you had more no only one only one it was almost done uh, we have uh, we had the temp music and of course uh, sound design 
uh, was not uh, ready at all. So we haven't even started. And then before the picture look, uh, we had the test. Because um, I, uh, you know, the movie Fish Called Wanda? Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to him about a fish called Wanda. He said they tested that movie 11 times uh, before, and they kept trimming, and then, and, and it was the 11th that made it that movie. And uh, I had the one movie I directed, we tested it once. We overreacted to the comments in the test. We cut things out of the movie that shouldn't have been cut. And then when we premiered it, the, I immediately saw everything I took out was a mistake fit in. So we got murdered at the mirror. And then a few minutes, a few months later, I kind of reemerged and recut it and cut it into something that had we spent the first time, it would have been, you know, much better, but all the energy went away. So testing in front of audiences, there's a very famous story about the Marx Brothers. One of their movies, um, and maybe a night at the opera, let's just say, you know, they made the movie and they tested it and terrible, terrible. Like that feeling of, oh my God, what are we doing? And then the next night they showed it at a theater across the street to a different audience and they loved it and they didn't make a single change. That's the stuff that drives you crazy but that's where your instinct and your writer's instinct and your team um there's this curious mix because when you're in that bubble of the people making them you know things seem good that you know you need that outside opinion and sometimes you really just have to know who do i trust here uh if this says that i have good reasons for this and they have so you get tons of advice when when you're a mother about how to raise a kid and you know be firm be soft be you know and it's your kid so the, the one thing about that is it's your kid listen to everything because you never know where a good idea is going to come from i can tell you a story about sleepless involving that that in a, in a, in a minute if you want but you never know where that good idea is going to come from. So I just assume every idea is a good idea. And, uh, but you have to know that moment where it's now no longer what it was. If I do this, it's going to be a different movie. And then you have to say, well, let's just say it is a different movie. Would that be a better movie? You know, because if you always assume the person might be right, it, again, it opens you up to all these other possibilities. Then when you circle back and come, you know what, my way is the right way. You know, the original idea I had, this is the right thing, but you've tested it against all these other things. That's how you really know, because, you know, maybe, maybe he should drive away and never come back. You know, maybe she should go and, and visit the other woman, you know, because now she gets it and, and they have a gigantic fight and they come back and, you know, with, with spray paint and they ruin the whole, you know, you'll get all these crazy ideas. You always have to know why I got in this in the first place. What was the original thing? Because it's almost always that. What, and, and then I can tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things about Sleepless. You know, a love story where the people don't meet 
um, that's not done. <laughs> so I was told by a lot of people, you know, even before I wrote it, you're, you're not going to be able to do this. And I said, what do you mean? Technically? They said, well, first of all, I don't think you can write a movie where you keep the two people apart the whole time. And second of all, you're not going to get anybody to finance it and you're not going to get anybody to be in it because people like Tom Hanks and Maker, they want to be in scenes together. They, that's the whole point of romantic comedies. They want to argue for 60 pages before they, you know, do the typical I miss you and, and all that crap, which is why I, I love romantic comedies, but I got so mad at them. And that's why I wrote Sleepless the way I did. They're not even going to meet. But the closer that got to reality, the more scared the studio got. Hmm. And they hired another writer who just butchered it and they brought me back and I brought it back to the sanity. And um, then they started developing that and then they got so confused and they started bringing in really big writers. Um, I don't know who you know from, you know, Gary Ross who wrote Dave and, 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 and Secretariat and uh, uh, David Ward wrote The Sting. He actually did come on and just by a fluke, by a just crazy occurrence, one of the big writers that they brought in came on. And this, this is when David Ward came on and the movie had really changed. Like I said, one degree, one degree, one degree. And by accident, by accident, somebody at CAA, the agency, sent over the original draft that I wrote two years before that. That they, the original one, that, the original one that they bought, my son keeps um, can, can I, I, my son's calling. Can I, I just have to yeah. text him back. He called twice. And that's not he, usual. He's good. Um, <laughs> this is such an amazing story. So we are, you know, like breathing and expectation. For <laughs> Sleep hunger. Sorry, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> You'll say bonjour to your son from us. It's so wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. Everyone. We can even send him a voice message. Um, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't my son. Everybody else could go to hell, but that's my son. So, yeah, sure. um, all right, yeah. so they, by accident, and this is how this is how the universe works in your favor. When when the universe wants something to happen, it happens, you know. So by accident, they sent him the wrong draft, which was my original draft that sold. And he said, "What's your problem? This is fine. This isn't, you know. What's your problem? Shoot this. You don't need me." And but they they wanted him to come on because he's gigantic. And I was a, this is my first, not my first script, this first one that sold. So my first script. And uh, when you, and I don't know what your situation is in Hungary or even in France, when you do something that risky, the closer it gets to happening, the more scared everybody gets. And uh, if the thing failed, then the executive in charge, they could say to him, you stuck with the original writer, at, at, right? And, and so if they get all these writers with big names and they fail, well, what can you do? I, this guy won an Oscar, this person. So they sent him the original draft and that brought the whole thing back on track. And I, mm -hmm. I only said that to illustrate that sometimes you have to go back to the original idea and say, what was it that we loved about this? And that's what they did. And they got reminded what they loved about it. It changed everything. So the big problem at the time, and this is how, when you talk about an idea, this is because I was, when an idea can come from anywhere. 
this isn't in any of the books or articles or anything that's ever been written about the movie. Um, but original draft, the, the kid in the movie did not make the phone call to the doctor. The kid discovered that his father had been calling this radio station. And I set that up by, um, you know, a montage in the beginning where, you know, you see Tom Hanks going through every bit of advice he got, you know, and nothing worked. And so suddenly he finds himself on this radio and, and he was like an, a regular caller at that point and his kid discovers it. And that's what set everything in motion. And it worked, it worked fine. That's the script that sold. Um, there was a lot of uh, resistance, there was a lot of really questioning at the time, this was 1990. And at the time um, it was seen as too soft for a man to call a radio psychologist because uh, we're not supposed to be vulnerable. We're not supposed to have feelings. We're supposed to just, you know, have a beer and punch somebody in the arm and, and get over it. Uh, and so they had that problem. So I'm sitting there. I had just delivered a draft. I'm sitting in the office in, 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 um, uh, in LA and uh, it was a Friday and the draft had to go to the studio like right then and there. And they're still having this discussion. There's this like five-way phone call. They're still having this discussion about how do we get this guy to call the radio station? And, 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 and we're talking about ways to make that work. From the other room, the, the assistant to the producer who was listening, you know, the door was open. To the other room, he goes, why doesn't the kid call? <laughs> and we all looked at each other and we went, that's, that's it. That's perfect. The kid calls. So this guy, you know, now he's, he's a pretty big person in show business now too, but everybody's somebody's assistant. And he said, why doesn't the kid call? Because of that, everybody said, that's great. And we want to pull it back. And they said, no, 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 just deliver this draft and we'll deal with it on the next draft. And I said, fine, I, I can't wait to get to that. That's when they hired David Ward. And uh, so I didn't get to implement that. And David Ward got credited for something that a secretary suggested. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, I'm on, a, I'm on the credits with an Oscar winner and an Oscar nominee. So it's good company. Uh, but just because of the fluke, he got that. I'll, I'll share that credit with him, not for anything he did on the page, but because he convinced the studio that my idea was right. And that he implemented an idea that somebody else had while we were while I was still the one on watch. And if I didn't have this openness of a good idea, we just so the thing, possibly one of the most endearing things about the whole movie is this kid calling a radio station saying, Dad, come here. You know, that wasn't from me, but it was from me. You know, that's the thing you have to know as a writer. If I hadn't put the thing there for them to to riff off of, there would be nothing to discuss. So everything that happened and everything that changed and you know, Nora Ephron definitely made some changes, but it never became a different movie. It was a different way of looking at the same movie. And that's, that's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know in Hungary or even in France, but in, in, in Hollywood, it's just very strange that nobody questions the cinematographer. <laughs> You know, or if they have a problem with cinematography, they go to the cinematographer and they say, you know, we the dailies and it's just too dark. 
you know, and then there's going to be a discussion because cinematographers, for some reason, maybe you had this, Nora, for some reason, they want everything dark, <laughs> you know, like you have these incredible cameras, but we want to show complete it's black, like, you know, and they want to take all the light out of everything, what? maybe just for the chat, maybe uh, just for the challenge. A conversation uh, about uh, cinematography, and uh, I don't remember who was it, but uh, a director mentioned that. Uh, First, he hired a European cinematographer, but uh, he made two dark uh, <laughs> pictures because he was. There are many uh, differences. For example, uh, with the founding system. So once you got the money, uh, then so it's almost impossible uh, to uh, change the writer or change the director of uh, a project in Europe. So once you brought something in, then you got the, you got the money or you don't get the money, but that's it. Uh, it's not really happening. It's maybe one or two times in hundred years it happens that uh, they just uh, replace the director or the writer. So um, it's in, in a way it's more safe and you got, I think you got more um, freedom because producer don't risk their own money at all because we made uh, films by public money. So that's, I think, a very, very big difference. And um, it has advantages and disadvantages as well because, uh, the, you know, they are not so much, maybe the producers, uh, I think they sometimes not that motivated because they don't risk money. So once we got the money, everybody shares the money and then we do the film and doesn't re of course it matters how many people watch it but not uh, you don't risk anything only maybe your name <laughs> your fame but uh yeah <laughs> only but your name your and who you are and everything you care about yes but, but still you know it's it's very different because still you can get uh, a lot of awards uh, in different festivals and then you're good <laughs> so now normally what would happen without covid would this be in theaters right now in Hungary or yeah. how did, does it start in Hungary and then go Europe and, and then wider? How, yeah, uh, it's really that? hard. We had this, uh, sorry, <laughs> no, it's just, we had the premiere uh, in September, 2020, uh, when uh, that uh, we had uh, the first day in the cinemas uh, on Thursday and the news was like, okay, the second uh, wave of COVID is here. That was the very same day when our film came out. <laughs> so it wasn't really the best time, but it, it was really hard to find the good timing during these challenging days. So finally, uh, we had uh, our films at the cinemas maybe for four or five weeks and then cinema, all the cinemas closed down. And now, which is good that HBO uh, is going to buy the film. So we're going to have- um... HBO is going to buy your movie. Yeah. Here's to you guys. <laughs> Mind the gap. <laughs> That's Mind the gap. Yeah. We learned that from our partner, our press partner, Digging Mag, and we were very pleased for you. And it's, it's wonderful to see how, I think it's really important to mention that a lot of us who are probably watching or listening this, or maybe also writers or directors or filmmakers or actors. And it's really, I think it's so inspiring to hear both your stories, right, Jeff and for Cream, because it gives a lot of hope that it's a very challenging journey to be an artist in the first place. But you, look at you guys, like you've been through a pandemic 
And you formed the festival on Film Freeway, right, Nora, as you said on Resonance FM. And look at you now, you have five awards and it's been, it's been a very artistic journey. You've had, like you, you've had every dimensions, everyone has to find how she or he fits in the project. And we understand there are a lot of women, which is really wonderful. And it's beautiful to see that with this great teamwork, you've just achieved it and you're gonna be on HBO. I think this is, it's, it's wonderful. And, and I really appreciate also all or your advice and Jeff's advice about collaboration. Because at the end of the day, like it, it's all about the collaboration and how you, you make it happen together, no matter how hard, no matter the challenges. At the end of the day, this is, this is your film. I think it's really we have to congratulate you for this this is an amazing amazing story to share it's um and then through uh you've gotten through this one so now there's there's covid and then there's not covid so if there wasn't covid what would be happening to you guys right now in terms of your careers um uh, you know how much the fact that you couldn't open this in theaters and then i mean let's go back what would have happened? This this was ready in September. Yeah. What yep. would have what, what would have happened if you were in theaters um, and, and and there was no COVID? So that was September. This is my gosh, almost March. So how does it work? Would there have been, you know, uh, how would your lives be different compared to now that it's COVID? Like what did, what did you miss? What did you lose that from not being in public? Professionally or personally speaking? <laughs> both, both. Oh, thank you so much. It's gonna be, how, how much more time do we have? Uh, no, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, honestly, uh, for me pro professionally, uh, it, it doesn't really make um, a change. Uh, uh, I, am, I am absolutely an outdoor person uh, and Although I do write, but I, I'm more like a, a, an extrovert than, than an introvert. So I really like being with people. I, I really love meeting people, um, listening to their stories. So that is something that I certainly miss. Uh, but I also teach and I teach um, people from all over the world. I teach English and it's just so, I can't tell you, uh, it's a well of people, you know, when you when you teach people from all over the world, it's so funny and entertaining and eye opening. So for me, it actually, uh, it actually gave um, a great opportunity to start zoom teaching, you know, I teach people from Saudi Arabia, from Malaysia, and so on. It's, it's really, really funny. Uh, as for the movie, yeah, I think... <laughs> That's a bummer, you know. It it would have been better if, if it could have if if the movie um, could have continued its its journey in the cinemas. So are but you I, are you well? Will it be in theaters? I mean, when this is all over, do you get a chance to? Do I, I I don't know, Nora, but I think so. Or that's what I heard from the producers that, assumingly, yeah. It it it. it there is. A, I, I talked with. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, there there are. So the thing is that <laughs> COVID. Uh, made many changes and uh, one is that you know um, there is a so-called rule here in Hungary that there are maybe like 10-12 feature films per year Hungarian films and we always uh, think about the distribution that okay people don't really want to watch too many Hungarian films. So it's not good to come to put uh, two Hungarian films uh, on the same week, it's impossible. So you have to keep at least three, four weeks that it's only for one 
Hungarian film. And then the next can come. And of course, uh, the other is still there. But now, because of the COVID, there are like six, eight films that could not be distributed and could not open the cinemas. So now it's like a huge amount of films waiting for getting into the cinemas. And Hob Cream was there. So I think that we're going to have a quite hard time to get back to the cinemas, especially because uh, if we got on HBO, then, you know, we have another uh, position. Uh, so that's a question. Otherwise, uh, COVID-wise... It's, it's interesting yeah. because, you know, comedy, comedy, the comedy part, that loves a crowd, you know, because every one joke, everybody, land, that loves a crowd. What's working for you, except for the part where you just want to see the movie in a theater, <laughs> you know, that we make movies to see in theaters, but the world changed. And, and now the whole world is used to seeing big movies with one or two people at home. Yeah. And, and what makes this one okay to see at home, even though you've been deprived of the theater, what makes this at home is that it's a romantic comedy. It's perfect for two people to together. You don't need a whole crowd to watch a love story. Um, and, and there is a big difference between comedy and humor. And you have humor all through yours. And humor doesn't require a crowd, you know, it's just, it's more personal. Comedy is about, you know, size, you know, um, and, 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 and scale. And it really depends on a lot of the thing. You definitely have laugh out loud moments, but it's more romantic than comedy. And um, not that it isn't funny, I'm not taking anything away. It's just a really sweet, sweet romantic film. And the people that are watching it are gonna be watching it for the love story. And the, and the humor and the laughter will carry you along. Whereas if something's supposed to be a comedy, the, any of the relationship stuff is second. So there's gonna be these big set piece scenes and the motorcycle going over and you know all that. Um, so, but through now, there's a point certainly in my career when I was able to say, okay, I'm a, I can do this now. I, I don't have to, I'm a writer now and I'm going to be able to my career as a writer. It's, it's been, it's done. Um, I, um, is, is there a moment in your life and your system where, okay, I'm a screenwriter. You can throw all this other stuff out. Can you make your, off of this, can you make your living now as a screenwriter? people shouldn't generalize but I kind of feel that Hungarian people oh, are not are, are quite strict with themselves or at okay. least I, I even though I wrote this and uh, and we, we really worked a lot on this project it would be so hard for me you know to say that yeah I'm a screenplay writer you know I, I, I just I just don't feel uh, that I could bear this title as of now but um, if I can make a living out of it, Maybe, uh, but I, I kind of feel that if I only uh, consider this a way of earning and making a living, it would lose its whole charm. You oh, know? No, I, what I meant was, if this is what you want to do with your, not anybody oh, says, I wanna, yes, yes. Yeah, anybody anybody that I, says, I want to be a screenwriter to make a living, I want to say, I'm really not going to help you. It's not about that. It's, no, it's, no. it's, it's, I want to tell it's stories. I want to get... Exactly. Uh, what, yes. What keeps you from saying I'm a screenwriter when somebody says, "What do you do? What do you tell them?" Uh, 
what do I tell them? <clears throat> I'm, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a thriving, <laughs> no, no, I'm not a thriving, oh, I, I'd used to just tell them I'm an English teacher. When I meet someone and they are interested in, in, in what I do, I always mention that, yeah, there was this movie and I really hope that there will be more and I'm working on, uh, on this. I'm, I'm really uh, uh, into some projects right now, which is super, super exciting. Uh, so we'll oh, see. Sure. I would really, really I'll love try to. This. Try this, because I do this. I speak in conferences all over. I speak to writers groups and hundreds at a time or two at a time. It doesn't matter. Try this. I'm a writer. Just okay. say that. Thank you, Just say the words. See what, see, was, see what it feels like. I'm a writer. You can't do okay, it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look straight into the camera. I'm a writer. I'm a writer. You're a brilliant writer. And we yeah. all know Thank you. Because, listen, Maybe that's true, too much. You are a brilliant writer. You know, you don't have to tell people you're brilliant. You I kind of feel brilliant. like I don't need to see my therapist next week because we do all that. <laughs> listen, it's the hardest <laughs> thing. Thank you. It's a big moment for every writer. It took me, I was 35 before I could look at somebody and say, you know, here it's extremely competitive and everybody wants to feel superior and better than you. So when you say the words, I'm a writer, you know, the next thing that's going to come out is, well, what have you written? And there's no right answer to that because mm -hmm. if you wrote something that they haven't heard of, they feel better than you because, well, they did something I haven't heard of. If you wrote something they have heard of, they'll start saying, well, that was, you know, there's no way to win, but you have to be able inside to say, this is who I am and this is what I do. And you can say, I'm a writer, but in your head, I'm a brilliant writer with the energy of, because listen, you're a brilliant writer. Great job. You did a great job on a really hard thing and you did it for the first time at that scale. You did it with a director. You did it with all kinds of, you know, people um, with, with opinions. What it is you started out to write got made and it got made beautifully, Nora. You did a, you did a great job, um, but you got to be able to, no, Nora, you don't have any problem saying I'm a movie director, do you? Uh, no, but it's, I think uh, it's... You see how easily she said that? For, no, yeah, I'm a movie director. But I'm doing it for, I don't know, for more than 10 years now. And I uh, I learned it and all that. So I know from, uh, I think that maybe Fujina <laughs> still has a few, <laughs> a few years more than finally <laughs> she can say it. But I think that she should say it now. <laughs> you have to be able to, you have to be able to say it and, and be it. Um, because just for all of us, you know, the, the idea that we have to be embarrassed to say those words, um, it, it's, it, people will say, I'm gay, I'm an alcoholic, I miss, they'll say that, right? <laughs> I'm a writer, you know? Oh, no, it's not, it's not that I, I, I wouldn't say that I, I'm, I'm, I'm too shy or timid to say that, it's just that I like to keep these things for myself until I really prove it, you know, for myself. And I, for me, uh, I really do, wanted do to- Do you have your reward there? So I, I gained this, you know, certainty that, you know what, I'm a writer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah but well, that's- you no, Sorry? You, you, have, you are to think of yourself that way. And the only reason I said, it wasn't like we do it for money, but there's so many writers, especially system, um, they have to hold down another job you know, to, mm -hmm. to keep themselves alive. And then there, there becomes a moment where you say, 
do, I didn't say do this for money, just to not need to do something else for money because I can do this. That's, that's the way I meant it. Not like it's mm -hmm. a way to get rich, um, but uh, I don't have to do something else to be who I am. I can just be who I am. And that's, there has to be a moment. And I don't know your system is a feature film that just is winning these awards going to be enough to have your career be so that you can do this for a career. I'm sure that um, this kind of credit certainly means something. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a green light immediately uh, because I'm pretty sure that you have to go through all those steps, but, but for sure it's, it's, it's certainly easier. I, I don't know, Nori, how you think, but I think, or I hope, you know, that, that yeah, it, it, it might open some doors or at least, you know, just giving a chance or this, this way, that's what I mean not immediately a, a, a green light. And then Nora, Nora, for you directing, are you, are you, this is your career now? You could just say, I'm, um, I don't, are you locked in now? You get to do yeah, this? Kind of, yeah. I, I'm doing uh, directing and uh, stuff that relates to that. Maybe I'm writing now as well. I'm writing my second feature and just waiting. Uh, so I really hope that these awards will help to get through the <laughs> development phase, uh, maybe, or, but I also believe that we have a very, very good stuff in our hand now, and uh, that will uh, be enough as well uh, to make it. And also beside that, I'm organizing a film festival as well for children, so children's internet, Cinemira, wow. International Children's Film Festival, and that's uh, that's my uh, love project as well, uh, because uh, for me it's really important to revive the Hungarian uh, children's film genre and family film genre. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching many films from all over Europe and uh, from other parts of the world, and um, I think they are beautiful. And I'm trying to find, you know, to these films that are not from Pixar or Walt Disney, even these films are really good, but to discover new films that uh, would the Hungarian audience would never seen otherwise. Now, who, who decides whether this becomes an entry for the uh, Oscar over here? Uh, it's, uh, there is a com uh, uh, committee uh, um, at the Hungarian I Film think I'm on the, I think I'm on the international jury, so international film so is your is cream entered into this no in this? no sure. i should write in i should write in a vote for you anyway so um what is the big hungarian movie that's that's there they submitted for oscars it's, yeah it's really here, yeah. Film that was attended to, uh, the venice film festival for example and won many awards right. and very very big festivals and it's uh uh, yeah, her film uh, is on the list. So let me let me ask you now another Bolt's director question because um, this has nothing to do with all and mighty stuff we just been about. But uh, I watched the movie second day. I saw it probably two ago, and then I knew we were going to have this call, so I wanted to see it again. I, I liked it even better the second time, number one. But the with the older, I just had this, when I watched it the second time and I looked at, I don't, what, what is the actress, it's, her name? It's, 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 it's a big movie star? 
Over in there, Czech Republic, or? she's really, really no. famous. In Hungary, she's not so well known, but uh, now. Okay. So that was a big deal to get her then, right? Yeah, wow. it wasn't easy. She reminded that you talked about Amelie before. She sort of kind of thing, um, you know, the, the great look. And, and so I thought when I saw how she played that scene with all that laughing and crying, it seemed to me that it's possible you filmed that last because it looked like the kind of relief that I've just been working on a movie for seven weeks and it's finally over. Yeah. So did you shoot that last? Yeah, that was the last day actually. It was really challenging. We recorded like 20 times this scene. It, it, was, uh -huh. it, it wasn't easy at all. Yeah, it's a, that's such an easy scene to get wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's, especially because you're opening it. This is your, this is your you know, signature. Um, here we are. And so first, scene, first scenes and last scenes are incredibly important. And I just thought she's going through so much. This looks like somebody who just is at the end of a long trip. Uh, you know, it seems to me that this is the end of the movie and this is all the emotions that she's releasing because otherwise, how do you, you know, without it looking for all fake laugh. is really if it's like if it's not funny don't laugh if you're not really feeling funny yeah, yeah. don't laugh because <laughs> fake laughter is just the worst so so it didn't look fake it looked really you know these people are all laughing and then you get to her and she's doing this mix so i'm glad i caught that that's kind of cool director to director you know i figured i'll bet they shot that last so either thank you yeah. for lying or thank you for validating you know what i what i said Funny you so, should mention. Sorry, no, no just funny. Funny you should mention this scene because uh, for a long time it was not how the movie started, and uh, we were just wrapping up the uh, the development phase when I was actually getting prepared for moving back home to Hungary from Kuala Lumpur, and that's when I I signed up for this laughter yoga, and uh, I really <laughs> thought that it's gonna be so much fun, you know, uh, because you know it, it it is supposed to to be creating these good vibes. <laughs> it was so funny because I, I was not aware of the fact how anxious I was and, uh, you know, at so many things were happening at the same time, moving back home after five years, making this movie, it was just all like too much to, to take in. And we were just doing this fake laughter and suddenly I burst into tears. And then, and then it, it was just so weird. Everyone was looking at me like, what the, what the hell is happening here? And then I, I remember that straight when I left uh, and I went back um, to my apartment, I, I think that's when we had a, a, a call with Nori or something. And I just told him, oh my God, it's actually so funny. Maybe we should start the, the, the script with this because it's such a strong, it's funny, but it also shows the drama. Um, and, and well, that's it's even thing, it's just, you know, again, people that don't make movies or, you know, how to introduce the main character is gigantic. And mm -hmm. you introduced her, we immediately know she's unique because she's the only one doing that. You know, everybody yeah. else is really into it. So we immediately know she's unique. We're, we immediately adore her, right? And so what you just get, okay, whatever she wants, I want for her, you know, and you did that right away 
And you're talking of bringing people into a world where, you know, let's, let's just pretend they've gone to a movie theater to see this, you know, they, whatever they were doing that day, whatever troubles, whatever headaches, whatever, you know, just, you know, mess their life might be in, you know, they go in and they, and you're, you're introducing them, especially on the page through, you're introducing them to a completely different world. You got to get them in there right away. And so they have a lot of questions. What's going on? Where is this? Who is this? When is this? Who am I supposed to follow? Man, you get her and says, okay, what she wants, I want. And, and, um, and again, people don't, it just came from you taking a class. You know, it's, you, you, you brought your life into this thing that happened and it was the perfect, you know, way to do it. It was the perfect way to do it. And she just did it again, beautifully because it's so obvious when that's false. Mm. You know, it's, and, and to open a movie with somebody being false, good, you're done. You, you lose people. So I just, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. I told um, Jenna, I'm really mad at Eric because um, the scene where he's doing Tai Chi, yeah. right? I've been doing this for 30 years and he's better than I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that made me laugh, but so. That's so I'm, I'm watching his back leg and I'm going, that's what I'm, that's why I can't move. <laughs> it, it comes off the leg. But yeah, I knew, the, but just watching him do that, you know, you had a great, you had a great cast. Everybody was exactly who they needed to be. The woman who, you know, the director Christina, of that. Christina <laughs> oh my God. She was exactly who those people are, <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, I want to see a movie about, I don't, but that person, when they go back to their room, you know, uh, like the character that really, like that was a real, cause I did, they are real people exactly like that. When they're alone with themselves, what are they? You know, I always wonder about those, the, the, you know, the people who are that, that, she's not the only person in the movie that's been like that. Like, what are they like when they're alone by themselves and, mm -hmm. To me, a woman like that is either the loneliest person in the world, you know, or just somebody who's just completely got her shit together. And, and either that's an act or that's who she really is when she steps up there to be, who did her hair? You had this little, you had this little wave at the top of her yeah. hair. And now, was so, that a decision? That, that was a decision yes, to help her character? Incredible, incredible. <laughs> People don't get the little things. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't get the little. And things, even no. her costumes, I love her costumes as well. It's. Oh, I mean, this is a person that you know. You, you think this is the kind of person that teaches etiquette to flight attendants, you know, and that and they just have, they have no insides, you know. But everybody has insides. Everybody. So I just That's wonder it. when somebody like that goes home, what other insides tell them to do, you know? So uh, I, I couldn't be. I'm so happy to meet you guys. I can't wait to, I want to meet you in person. So we have to, we have to meet in Paris and have a baguette sandwich and, and yeah. sit, sit by the river. I love um, Ile Saint-Louis is my favorite part of the city. And um, I probably didn't say it right, but. Uh, um, the I, I, Saint -Louis. Sorry? Beautiful. Do you mean the Quartier Saint-Louis? Is it what no, you No, um, Ile de Saint-Louis, um, the island in the middle, that's what you, oui, yeah. Saint -Louis. Oui, oui. Saint -Louis. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite. I love Montmartre too, but Lille yeah. Saint Louis is. And the ice cream, right? You mentioned the ice that's cream. Where the, that's where the Bertillon place is. 
I, I told Jenny yesterday, I hadn't had ice cream in 10 years. Oh, and I go past that little Berfillon window and I, that's it, we're done, you know? And then as an American, ice cream cones are like this big, you know? And you go to Berfillon and you get this little tiny, you know? And, but, and you go as an American, you go, what the hell is this? I waited in line, you know? And then you taste that thing and it goes like that. You know, it's this little, little bite tastes like this gigantic thing. I couldn't, couldn't. So for the first time in 10 years, I had bread and I had ice cream. And it was all, all because of Paris, all because of Paris and those Nutella crepes late at night. Oh my gosh. So um, what is that? You know, everybody's going to ask you what is next. Now you, you are already working on your second feature or right. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's Fru, are you in Hungary now for a while? You're back home for a while. I am, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm in Budapest, yeah. Uh, I'm also working uh, my, on my second feature film and I'm also writing a, a novel uh, about those five years I spent in Malaysia. Oh, great. God, it's great. So fun. I mean, <laughs> everything that happened there is like mind blowing. So I just think it can be, it could be funny to share. Uh, I think so, yeah. Again, it's something that not, a, it's a world we don't know. You know absolutely. So and so it's, it's, uh, what you did with this, what you did with, with, with cream was you took us to a world we do know. And that's even, that's pretty scary because everybody has their, you know, opinions and their preset notions. Um, but I just, I, I can't, the fact that you're so young and the fact that you're so good already, um, I have to let it inspire me because otherwise it's going to make me crazy. So uh, I, I just can't, you, you, you guys, I can't wait to see what you do next i love what you did this time um do, you're gonna work together again oh who knows <laughs> I see. you should <laughs> now how how much were you with each other through the whole process or were you in malaysia getting notes to, or zoom calls or whatever so uh as i think Nori mentioned that we we, we used skype like once a month kind of mm -hmm. uh in the in the second half of the the development phase uh and then uh in the pre-production why well, i i already i had moved back home so mm -hmm. so yeah we did we did meet um and yeah. were you is it the tradition to have you on the is it traditional to have writers on the set when to be available when they're shooting uh not necessarily but i did go <laughs> i really wanted yeah. to see i was just super curious you did know you, because it's so did you, have, did you have the opportunity through to sit there to see when something that even though it worked on paper, maybe even in rehearsal or readings that didn't work, did you have the opportunity to have to fix something right there, right then? I do remember one, um, if you remember Nuri, there was this yeah. scene uh, when uh, Adam and Dora are, it's, it's a night scene, they are in bed and they are talking about if Adam is insensitive towards women. And there was uh, an issue with the words and then everyone was super tired because it was late at night and it was super hot in that room because it was summer. And uh, and then I remember that we were really brainstorming and suddenly I, I, I there was a solution. I managed to twist the words somehow and it worked. So, so yeah, and, but yeah, I think uh, just, sorry, just going back to Christina Greta, for example, the, the woman with the fluffy hair or, you know, uh, there was, uh, there were some scenes uh, which eventually didn't, didn't get shot about what happens when she's alone and what happens oh, really? when other, uh, you know, other um, 
minor characters are alone. But of course, we didn't have the chance to shoot everything. So there had to be some kind of um, uh, logical selection. Uh, but but yeah, sure, certainly. It, it's so important, even if we don't show that, or if we, even if we don't have the chance to shoot them, to write that, because- Yeah, to write it or to discuss it with the actor and just say, what, who are you when you're alone? You know, I do this really shortcut trick with characters because there's this whole, I, I have to start a, I have to start a blog thing now. I really kind of, to I have a book coming out. So they want me to have a website and a blog and all this stuff and talk about writing. And one of the things I was thinking of, um, I do this thing where, first of all, there's there's no small characters in a, in a movie. You know, nobody's small in their own life. So even if somebody's in a movie for 10 seconds. And to the, so I always ask two questions. So I'll give you this writer to writer if you want it. You know, what is that person's dream? because everybody has a dream, right? Every single person has a dream. And what is that person's nightmare? So you have, there are teachers and there are people that have this method of character biographies where they will write, you know, 15, 20 pages about everything about this person's life. I never did that. I never had the time. I never cared. Um, with me, once I hear the character talk, they start telling me who they are. So it really comes in, you know, Again, when I thought of Sleepless, as soon as I heard the voices, I heard this guy talking to his kid. And at the time, my daughter was five years old. And I thought, if I can get the way she and I talk to each other on paper, I so this guy and his eight-year-old kid were really me and my daughter, uh, the way we just related to each other. But um, one thing I do that I'm really proud of that I don't see a whole lot of other writers doing is that every single person that comes across the screen has a full life. And, and a dream. So I don't do the big biographies because my system works differently. Um, sometimes you don't want to know too much because you, you, you know, this is balance of, of knowing enough to go forward, but leaving room for discovery, you know, room for a character to surprise you and say, and you just go, well, I didn't know it was going to happen. You know, as a writer, those are, you know, those are always our best moments. And there's never anybody in the room when that happens, but you just go, oh my God, I just did this. And, whoa. So, but I'll, I'll still ask, what is that person's dream? And what is that person's nightmare? And you can, if you've thought of the, the actress with, you know, like what is, what would be her dream? You know, it sort of looks like she's living what she thought would be her dream, but she's got a real dream, you know? And, you know, when you have somebody with hair like that and who's just so um, invested in being perfect, you know, perfectly presentable, obviously their nightmare is chaos, you know, because just everything about her is order, right? So things are either order, things either go from order to chaos or chaos to order. To me, her nightmare would be chaos. And, and uh, if I had to like, if this was a series and you had to go off and do episodes and everything, her episode would be just everything falling apart and how's she gonna, how is she gonna deal with it? How do, you, how do you go outside when you can't do that to your hair? How can you go outside when you don't have makeup? How do you face the world when you don't have all the armor, you know, that we put on to face the world? Was her hair and makeup and her clothing and her, you know, decorum. Um, but look, we're all wearing, this is my armor. Here's my armor, a t-shirt that I would have worn in high school and all this crap on my hands. That's what I keep to feel comfortable in the world, but we all do. And so just knowing you know, and it's, if anybody's listening who's a writer, what is that person's dream and what is that person's nightmare? And that every single character has to have a name. 
It can't be man one, you know, clerk two, you know, they have a name because every human being has a name. Every human being has a dream. Every human being has a nightmare and um, all specific to who they are. And when you know that, um, that because you did that, the funny thing is you did that with Eric. I, I forget, it was plus Laszlo Kovacs. How many people did you think were going to get that joke? Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you I know, started out. You don't give to, to kids in the 21st century. It's just <laughs> that was that was just a little fun thing for you guys to do. But um, no, I, I started out as a cinematographer. So Laszlo, Laszlo Kovacs is, you know, <laughs> my gosh. So um, but with him, because when when she said in the beginning, you know, and he says, well, what do you want? Do you want introverted? Do you want this? Do you, want that? you know, I, I just loved it about him that he could just such you hook into that okay this person's introverted or oh this person's again you know that doesn't mean everything they do is just going to be hammer you know always but just knowing that their tendency is towards arrogance you know and that and the actor has that then then they'll look at somebody paying for flowers in a certain way if they they have that so I don't think we have to give them all these endless biographies to know where they went to school or that. You can know is that were they bullied at school? You know, it doesn't matter what they went to. If you were bullied at school, that's a universal experience. Somebody who was at school, who's a real big shot now, where they were bullied at school is going to come in some way. So, so Nora, what did you give? Or what did you give or what did you you know, get from the actors to, to build their characters that, that were already created and then you cast them and then they have to be created again. So, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, we made a lot of rehearsal actually, uh, especially with Eric, uh, because I really need to know if he can make it because he had so many scenes that it's not uh, enough to be a good actor, but uh, if he could really make it, and focus yeah. and 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 do the whole thing together with us, and he could actually. He was amazing. He, he's um, he's really like an adult, like a small adult. It, it was really uh, lucky that he's very short at the same time, so she looks younger. He looks younger than than he is, or he was at that time, and um, and also uh, you know there are some little details on the on the picture that varies the. Uh, and where was the book and we uh, shot, shot a scene uh, one day and two weeks later we had to return and Eric was the one who said that okay that book was not there it was like 10 centimeters <laughs> left and he was right of course so he, he was really amazing I, I told him that uh, he should watch a lot of uh, Young Sheldon <laughs> because the, I don't know if you know the series Young Sheldon. Uh, Young it, Sherlock, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, not, not Sherlock, Sheldon. I don't From know. From Big that, Bang, no. uh, there's a spin off. Uh, oh, Young Sheldon, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I missed that whole thing. I, I, um, okay. Young Sheldon for sure, but I, didn't, I did not, I haven't watched. Ten seconds. There is this back. character, yeah. and uh, uh, there are many similarities in the character oh. of uh, Young Shadon and uh, and Eric's character, Laszlo's character. So yeah, we rehearsed a lot uh, with almost all the actors, and uh, with Christina Greta, it was a surprise because I knew her from the TV series that I was directed. So we worked together for more than a year before, but I. Uh, 
I, in my mind, there was another actress who was absolutely perfect for the role. She came in, we made the casting. Uh, I was like, okay, we're done, we have it. And then uh, Andrea Bozo, who is Christina Greta in the film, appeared. Of course, we asked her to come, but I was quite sure that I will give the part to another one. And she arrived, okay, it was raining, and she arrived with a, an umbrella and it was a wind, so it went like twisted like this and that, and she couldn't even <laughs> come in and in a high hill. She really dressed uh, into the character and mm -hmm. she was just perfect. She did it and I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my God. Okay, <laughs> she's got the part. You know, it's scary because sometimes that happens and the person you really want doesn't have as big a name as the person that you um, you might have hired and they did. And, it's, and, and, and it really comes down to, to money and box office sometimes. And you're like, I've had this, look, and I, the, I had this argument and I won this argument and shouldn't have, you know, because I, I there was a pretty big star that was going to be in one of my things. And um, I said, and they said, look, people will come because of that name. And I said, but this guy really is the part. So do they want to see a name or do they want to see the person for the part? Guess what? <laughs> I was so wrong. I mean, the guy was the guy I did was right for the part. The guy I did, the couple that I didn't hire, super, super famous now. And people would be seeing that movie just because this is something old that they did. But I stuck to my guns and I said, I want the right person for the part. I was not flexible. Um, and or he, it just would have been a bad movie with the wrong person. But I did get that pressure. These people have names. These people will sell tickets. And I said, yes, they'll sell tickets the first week you know, but the fifth week, 10th week, it's got to be the right person for the part. And, you know, it didn't work out, <laughs> it didn't work out. So casting is just, oh my God, it worked for you. And again, had it, you know, Beatles, right? They, one of my favorite Beatles songs has this lyric that I kind of, it says, had it been another day, I might have looked the other way. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a rock and roll lyric that just, kills me more than that but had it been a sunny day and again i forget the actress's name but had it been a sunny day and she just sort of walked in out of you know it, it, but the fact that it was raining the fact that she was all contortioned up and that you fell in love with her you know just the way the audience has to and had it been a normal day that might not have happened it's just incredible people don't know that's when i back at the beginning the once the universe decides something's going to happen, it happens the way the universe wants it to happen. And then you realize, you know, you're not doing this thing. You know, you're not making your movie. You're making the universe's story. And it's just helping you get to that. And I, again, I can't, I, I can't wait to see what you guys do. We have to meet in Paris. I don't know when that's going to happen. You need to know somebody who can fly here and take care of my dog so that I feel okay about being <laughs> in Paris. I'm, I'm pretty connected to these ladies. And, and uh, But I, is there any question you have? Oh, I'll tell you another. I, here's another casting thing. The kid that was in Sleepless uh, was not the kid that we cast. We cast a completely different kid. We got to one day of shooting. The kids' auditions were great. Um, but the kid... I, no one's ever going to know his name. I'll just say it. He's, he was bad. So 
I'm up in Seattle and, and here the writer necessarily does not go with the movie. In fact, it's just like I said about this, for some strange reason, they don't want the writer. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, one reason why is writers don't know how to act on a set. You know, we have a reputation for not knowing how to act on a set. I do. So, you know, I wasn't unwelcome and I wasn't like in any, I wasn't going, no, 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 no. That's not my vision. And, you know, um, again, cooperative, open and flexible, but they flew this kid up from LA and I'm watching, I saw him and Tom uh, read that, you know, nightmare scene together while they're, they're shooting, a, they're, they're shooting that scene and the, with the Meg Ryan and her mother in the attic and the wedding dress. And they're shooting that over here. And I'm looking over here watching Tom and this kid. So they hired somebody, they cast somebody, they got, you know, the difference between audition and performance is a really big one. And the kid, you know, no fault of his own, he couldn't deliver what it really came to. So at the last, you can't, nothing more last minute than the first day of shooting. You know? The last minute they fly this kid up and the mat and the cave that he and Tom had, can you imagine that movie with any other kid? That's the universe saying, uh-uh. I, you know, the, and I keep saying this, and I'm from California, so I can talk about the universe and all that stuff, but. I'm fine but, with universe. I agree. I completely <laughs> agree with that, Sunny, the universe. <laughs> but it did not, it, when it, it had plans for this story to go out and it had to because this is 30 years later and it's we're still talking about it and there seems to be now valentine's day just happened there's always interest in Valentine's, but for some reason now it's just coming back and it's everywhere and that was i wrote it 31 years ago and it's and timeless. so you know I so i definitely had plans for it but there was a bigger thing going on that had plans for it i was just a part of that and once that momentum happens, that's the real magic because the invisible thing starts showing up. A script, a, 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 just a lowly, lowly person in the mailroom of an agency picks the wrong script to send to somebody and that brought the whole movie back to its senses. Um, a guy who's supposed to be on the phone overhears a meeting, hey, why doesn't the kid call? And, and a thousand things like that have to happen in order to get and I know you, you're going to be telling that to, to whoever the press is that, you know, Variety and Hollywood, I can't, I, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you promote it over here, uh, I will. Especially when it's going to be on HBO, I don't have a giant following. I, my Facebook and stuff, I keep it all, you know, it's not public, it's friends and everything. By the way, find me. I definitely want to stay in touch with you guys. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Jenna has my email and if you want to if you're on Facebook and you want to find me there I do spend too much time on that that's my I am severely introverted and so my social life is my friends on online um, because I don't especially with COVID now you know I don't go out um, but I'll, I'll show you this hang on a sec hang on a second I'm going to go for a little walk and see some California <laughs> let's go let's go we want to leave the dream with you <laughs> There you go. Here we go. There's two sleeping dogs. <laughs> oh, it looks like a very difficult life for them, Jeff. I know. I know it's hard. You know the way you treat them. <laughs> so you see, let's see. Oh, wow. The, the, the signal won't last that long, but the beach is right there. Oh, um, right right across the street. Here. Thank you so much, Jeff.
Uh, see all the sunshine. <laughs> like, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for that. Yeah, it means you the world to us, Jeff. Thank you. Good for you. Good for you. Way to go. Good for you, Jeff. Good for you and your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, when you show a picture of nice weather or something, people in bad weather think you're trying to stick it to them and make them feel bad. And I'm just, I just say, you know, I'll do this. I'll post this beautiful picture of the beach and everything. And all my friends will go, why are you doing that, man? You know, quit whatever it is. And I'm going, I want to share something pretty with you. Look at all this color. You know, I'm not trying to say you don't have it. You know, it, it's crazy. But yes, look, it's, it's a living example of when a dream comes true. You know, um, I really, I had a dream since I was nine years old. And, uh, and they don't come true all by themselves. And I paid heavily. Um, I don't want to, you know, everything now, but I really paid heavily um, and, a, and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of things to have this, but at least it wasn't one of the, we have a, again, with lunch, we have a saying that says you don't want to spend your whole life climbing up a ladder and find out that it's on the wrong wall, mm. you know, so I was always making sure what wall this ladder was connected to climbing that ladder quite often meant you know there's alligators snapping at heels and trying to get to off the thing um but also uh, um at every you know what i did wrong and you guys are young enough to get it right what i did wrong is that wherever i was on the ladder i was only focused on where i wasn't yet and so mm -hmm. i never really enjoyed step number three i had fun no matter what i did i had fun the shittiest thing somebody gave me to do, I'd find a way to have fun with it. So I had fun doing rock and roll concerts. I was a lighting guy, I had fun shooting films. I had fun writing. I had fun all the way up until yesterday and today. But I couldn't enjoy step four when I was on step four. Because when I was on step four, I made it as fun as possible. But I also knew I'm not on step five. And when I was on, you know, when all of everything was getting to step five, when I got to step five, I was, well, look, those guys are on step seven, you know? So just enjoying <laughs> where you are when you're there and saying, this is great. There will be more, but this is great right now is a lesson I haven't really learned. You know, I might not be cut out, but please enjoy every minute of this. Enjoy every minute. It's so hard to get to make the movie. And then it's so hard to make the movie and have it come out the way, you know, with all the pressure and all the things that can happen. And then it's hard to get another, I mean, just, you know, you're in there. So you might not, when you step back, you go, holy cow, look at what we did. Look at what we did. So every now and then look at what you did and just flip out over it because people don't get to do what you guys did. People don't get to do what we have done. And it's incredible. So I, you know, hats off, um, mind the gap. And, uh, you know, again, find me on Facebook. I, I absolutely have to stay in touch with you, you three women, because you're going to, you're going to rule the world. And thank you so much, Jeff, for your time, for everything, because it's so inspiring to hear your stories and your advice are just, are just gold for all of us, I'm sure. And everyone who's listening. And I want to mention that at the festival, we also have a script competition uh, we've had 12 selected scripts 
with also some winners and they, all the scripts were incredible even for those selected so for us it's a stage that we really want to highlight on to kind of help you get to the next step which is actually making the film which is huge right. and requires so much collaboration as as you guys said and and so much so much work really so thank you so much uh, ladies Fru and Nora congratulations on such an amazing film cream that we've all loved the audience from the festival loved this film just as much as I think Jeff uh, you know like the rest of the jury and the team did this is an amazing film it's such a beautiful take on romance with a beautiful female gaze and wow, congratulations. We really can't wait to watch your second one. Thank you for this great film and thank you to your beautiful cast and crew. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.